Hey, Vanessa. Hey, Michael. So we have been taking these long death marches with our children to try to wear them out. I've only told you to just go to the lake and back. And then this turns into, let's go up to the steepest dune we can. Let's go into the woods and climb over stuff where we might die. Whoa, 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 I'm saying it's been fun and cool. But one of the things that's happened, I've gotten to learn a lot of kid jokes from our kids. Yes. So why did the girl bring toilet paper to the party? Because then all of her drinks will be free. What? No. Everybody's hoarding toilet paper. You bring it. Free drinks. No, no, no. (laughs) I don't know. Because she was a party pooper. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's one of the zingers. Welcome to Fireproof Your Finances, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. We are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa. Hello, everyone. And we are on day 10. Actually, maybe it's day 8 of Corona. Stay at home. Um, Last Monday was when they told us we had to stay home, right? Starting Tuesday. Starting Tuesday. So Tuesday this week became 7. No, it became eight. Nine. We're so on nine. nine. What day is it? Wednesday. <laughs> I don't even know it. Wow. Hey, <laughs> April 1st. Yeah. Fool's I'm Day. I'm pretty sure nobody's going to be playing very many jokes on anybody with the state of shock everyone's in. I wanted to. So we were taking a walk today, as you heard in our opener. And there is this guy at the end of our neighborhood, before you hit a main road, Mm -hmm. who always has the loudest backpack blower Yes, with protective ear gear. Good for him. Actually, I think he's got that in because he's got headphones in underneath that Whatever. But I wanted to play an April Fool's joke on him today. And mind you, I don't know the guy. At all. I've just seen him. He's probably seen me. And he's tired of our kids running around. I would say he's out blowing the exact same stretch of grass and rocks every day. Yeah, does that make you wonder if he's got a good marriage? I think he's just (laughs) bored. Anyway, so I was going to play this April Fool's joke on him. And because he had his back to us, go up behind him and go, rah! And like, you know, you'd have to touch, like, you know, like... Touch him and then you realize that was illegal right now. So therefore... Ooh, I, I actually didn't realize that. Yeah. I just thought that would be incredibly weird from somebody you didn't know to scare you while you were blowing leaves. But yes, that would have violated the social... It's not against the law, but it would have violated, violated the... social distancing. Correct. 
And our four-year-old was all for it. And in fact, you didn't say anything until we were around the corner and down the next street. And he goes, we can go back and do it. Oh, he was <laughs> all for it. So what are we going to talk about today? Stimulus packages. Well, for individuals. Yes. You're getting a check. What do you do with it? Possibly getting a check. I still don't believe the government, but we'll go from there. Because the best thing to do, like you said, would be to save it. Yes. But most are going to struggle with that. Correct. What else we got? Business bailouts. Market bump. Yep. Earning season. Market volatility. Maybe, yeah, what the stock market's doing and what maybe you should look into purchasing. Exactly. So let's start with um, where the market is right now. It's had a bit of a bump. Yes. And when I say bump, I mean the Dow went from here. Let's pull it up. The Dow went from 29,000 and changed just a few months ago. You can see it right. Mm -hmm. it, I'm, I'm looking at a chart right now. I pulled it up. It's, and this chart is... Actually, it was at almost 30, according to that. Yeah, it was about 29 and change. 29.50 or 29.5-ish. Mm -hmm. And uh, a chart of red. It's like uh, Jaws if it was in finance. And it goes all the way down to about 18.5. Yep. Back up to 22 today. We'll see where the market closes. Uh, we're back a little bit below 21. Right. So we see this little bit of a bump, though. And one of the things I read about this, and it makes a lot of sense to me, and, it, and oftentimes I think we look in the rearview mirror and we try to find events um, to explain what we have witnessed. Right. Right. So I changed the screen here. I'm now looking at a one-month chart. And you can, if you look up, all you got to do is go to Google. Although I'm on Yahoo. I got an update on this computer and all my computers switched to Yahoo. I hate Yahoo, but they all have Yahoo as my search button now. Pretty sure you can go into that and change it, but. I could, and I've tried to, and on some computer, it's like, it. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. It just frustrates me. But I switch, all you got to do is put Dow in your chart. Search browser. Yeah, search browser. Boom, hit the magnifying glass, and you'll see this downward trend, and then you see this very evident bump if you're looking at a one-month period. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I read, and it, again, it made sense to me, and I think it's sometimes empirical evidence. We're using, um, we're using things that we can find to explain what we've witnessed. Right. But there's a lot of mutual funds out there, and index funds. Well, more so mutual funds in this example, like target date funds. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, if you're investing in a 401k, you've got a target date fund. Um, I meet a lot of people in these, uh, or maybe they're in a preset allocation using a model portfolio. Mm -hmm. So let's make it really simple. Let's say that this portfolio was supposed to be 50% stock and 50% bonds. Okay. And let's say the bonds they bought didn't lose any value right now, just to make our example easy. Okay. So you had 100 bucks. The $50 in bonds, it's still $50. The $50 in stock, though, lost that 30%. That's what we're down close. Yep. Not quite anymore. It's like 25, but I'm just going to use 30. So 50 loses 30%. That's 15 bucks. Mm -hmm. So now what do I got? I got 35 in the stock side. I still have $50 in the bond side. Correct. So you have 85 total. And it's supposed to be 50-50. It's supposed to be half bonds, half stock. Okay. So if I got 85 bucks in there, it needs to reflect $42 in stock and $42 in bonds. 
Right. So what do they do? They sell off seven and a half dollars of the bonds and they buy seven and a half dollars of stock, which is equivalent to about increasing the stock in, in this example, the stock allocation by 20 percent. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what all of that just meant. It meant you've got a lot of funds out there. You got employer plans, 401ks. Yep. A lot of people from what I see, a lot of people pick these target eight funds. They've got preset determinations about how much equities they're going to have. Okay. You've got other types of mutual funds that are going to say, this is how much equity we're going to have. Okay. And when all of a sudden the equities do really poorly, they lose value and it gets out of kilter. It's out of, you know, it's out of balance. Right. So the restraint, it's required, that fund then is required based on its own rules to balance it back. And what does it do? It takes bonds, sells them and buys stock. That makes a whole, and, and there's some other events that coincide with this, but that could be one of, yes, we have the bailout that happened as well. We we're going to talk about that, the bailout to individuals. There's a bailout to companies, and but that's also explains part of the bump. Mm-hmm. But what we still have coming ahead of us is earnings season. Right. So what does earnings season mean? I feel like I'm getting into the, I'm an advisor, I'm going to use things that most people don't understand. I don't want it to be that way, and I don't think it has to be that way. But is the volatility done yet? I don't think so. I'm not sure either. I think we have more ahead. We don't know. But earnings season, I think, could lead to increased volatility. Let's go over the over that when we come back. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com. Welcome back, everyone, to segment two of Fireproof Your Finances. It's been an interesting week, but you can follow us on Twitter. Although, yeah. have we really incre- increased our tweeting Have volume? we increased our tweeting volume? We're stuck at home. No, we haven't. <laughs> but that's okay. You can follow us at Fireproof Show on I mean, Twitter. Here's the thing. We're not an everyday tweeter. That is true. I'm not we a tweet. I'm not a tweet head. No. I'm not a tweet basket. I'm thinking you just made those things up. I did. You did. I'm thinking of things that... I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a tweet flake. Okay. Snowflake. Back to market volatility. Snowflake. Tweet flake. Millennials. Get it? I, I got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. I was trying to steer you away from that path, but you went You went and you ran with it. So. All right, tweet flake. So let's get back into... Oh, oh I just saw a headline. You know... If it's obvious, it's not news. Right. Like, if we get snowfall in November, the news shouldn't be all over it here in Michigan. Correct, because that's not anything we've never seen before. What day... If we got snowfall in July, that would be newsworthy. When does Thanksgiving come every year? The third Thursday of the month, I believe. So watch this. New news headline. Thanksgiving to come the third Thursday of... November this year. It'd be pointless. It'd be like Christmas to be on the 25th of December. 
Look at this one. Actually, I (laughs) hold on. I I didn't see the one ahead of it, but car sales are plunging in the U.S. No kidding. You can't leave your house. Right. And who knew? Aside from the body shop in the dealerships, they're closed. Right. I get it. Not every place in the U.S. is closed, but they're all headed that direction. Right. You don't even need to waste ink on that. Right. Now, the one ahead of it, I think, is kind of funny. Boo sales are booming, but it may not last. Well, no kidding. People are stuck at home with their children. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So what is earnings season? We have every quarter businesses, publicly traded companies, mm-hmm. they release what their revenues were and their profit was and their net profit and all that, all their financials, okay? And we've made, as an industry... We've made projections on what those earnings will be. Right. Now, a lot of those earnings have been um, revised at this point. Mm-hmm. But the reason I say earnings season could be lead to extra additional volatility here is because I don't think we know quite how bad some of this is yet. Right. It's easy to say, all right, you know, let me pick out a real easy one to say, you're not making money. Carnival. Right. No <laughs> kidding. In fact, you're losing money hand over fist. Right. But there's a, the impact is going to be in some cases and probably most cases far more than maybe what we've thought. Right. And here's why I say that. Because jobless claims were three times what most economists were predicting. Right. So when all of a sudden revenue loss becomes even greater than what people thought, and, I'm, and, I, and I don't have a silver, or not a silver ball, a crystal ball. Right. Silver bullet. <laughs> crystal crystal ball. ball. I don't have a crystal ball. I'm just telling you what I think. I think we're going to find that earnings season, that earnings were hit even harder than what companies thought. Right. So here was a quick video from, where is it? CNN. Oh. Right Uh, in the corner there. Big as daily. Anyways, a video from CNN about the AMC CEO. AMC is in the theater. Correct. One is closed. We do have fixed expenses. You can be sure we're trying to lower those fixed expenses. But literally, we don't have a penny of revenue coming in the door. Three weeks ago... AMC was an immensely healthy company. Right. Uh, and now with expenses out the door and no revenues, we are burning through right. cash. Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, like maybe you should use your cash. Burning it for heat seems to me like a very poor idea. Okay there. You don't chuckles. think that's what he meant? No, I don't think so. Now there's an easy one, right? You look at movie theater and go, no kidding, you don't have revenue. Right, you're out. not allowed to have people in your theaters. But from that comes an opportunity because right now if you want to be going netflix you want to go on hulu you want to uh, prime they, they still get movies after the movie theater does right i can't believe a company like that isn't working with digital platforms going and the movie theaters going can we, we release these through our app i've actually i think they're starting to do that to be honest because yeah. there's some stuff that's out in the theater that you can Xfinity blah 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 and they will play live movies but I feel like I'm saying AMC right a movie theater because here's the deal 
They need to get revenue because I don't think the movie experience ever goes away. Correct. I think there's going to be people who never sign up for Netflix who sign up for Netflix. Right, because they're stuck at home and have nothing better to do. I mean, one of the things I heard is the hardest thing about getting people to go digital is signing up. Right. And once they do, they tend to stay. Right. And that on a long-term basis is going to have a major impact on a company like AMC. Right. It's going to have a major impact on companies like Darden, who owns Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. Maybe people, possibly, maybe people realize that they like eating at home. And right. Maybe they don't. But it, no matter what, what we're finding is, with this whole isolationism, is that people yearn still to be together. Look at the FaceTime thing apps that you guys have where you all get on at the same time. Oh, yeah. I haven't talked to my cousins who are spread out across the country and some globally this much in years so this will and now we're calling every weekend and it will so it's going to change what we do right but it still tells us that shows us people still have this compassion this uh, innate um attraction to being around other people so it goes back to experiences Mm-hmm. Right. You don't actually go to Disney for Disney. You go to Disney because of the experience of Disney. Correct. You don't actually go to Olive Garden because it's the very best meal you've ever had. You go there because of the experience. It's right. good, but it's part of the experience. You don't go to the movie theater because you, there's no way that you can wait a month until it comes out on Right. You go to the Hulu. movie theater because you have the huge screen. You have the ambiance. You have the popcorn that costs $500. The experience. So point there is yes i uh, do i think this volatility is done yet no i think there's going to be more of it because i think when earnings season comes out when these companies release their earnings it's not just going to be the amc of the world that goes hey we got nothing coming in yes we're getting some help and this help is good but we're really not sure how we're going to make this because you also have to sit there and go they may have you know because that's all they're thinking about They may come back and go, you know, we've been polling people. And I'm not saying they've done this, but we've been polling people through our app because that's how everything's done today. And what we're finding is people say, hey, even if Corona was killed tomorrow, that they won't have the same confidence to come back into a public setting. Right. I don't know that's going to be the case. I think people are still going to want experiences. Right. But I think earning season is going to be the the revenue revisions I think are going to be greater than we expected. The revenue misses, I guess you'd call it, will be bigger than what we expect. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. But I think the revisions these CEOs are going to make going forward, their for, forward-looking um, statements, I think they're going to be far worse than what we're thinking. Right. Well, because nobody knows what's going on right now. Like, we're still teetering. Are the kids going back to school? Are they not going back oh, they're to school? Not. Are we going back to work? at the date that they said we were going back to work or are we going to get nailed with another couple right. of weeks? Like nobody knows what's going on. And, you know, I think sometimes you have a bit of provincialism. I mean, here in Michigan, we've already been shut down, but we're going to have other states get shut down, I right. think. And as you have other states, bigger states getting shut down while these revenue misses only get bigger. You know, an AMC has already hit it because of the restriction on crowd size. Right. And But you're going to have far bigger reaching and that bigger reaching goes past just the companies that revise their revenues. You know, if, if AMC suddenly doesn't pay their rent on however many hundreds of buildings they have, but it's local like the local. So 
last few years, and it boggled my mind, the last few years I've seen here in Norton Shores the Art Van building Mm -hmm. for sale. Yeah. It's a local, I don't know if it's a local, but, you know, we could have, in theory, we could have bought it. Right. And it wasn't that the math, the metrics were bad, but there was still, I think, 20 years remaining on that lease. Right. And the thing that kept hitting me was that the math was actually pretty good. And I thought, number one, boy, that's a big risk if that company were to go out of business. But number two, they're probably not going to. So why would you give up that type of income stream? What do they know? What does the owner of this building know that I don't? And lo and behold, Art Van's done. Right. So sometimes we see these big companies, like you think of a movie theater and you think of AMC renting and you go, oh, it's just going to be from somebody big. No, that could be from somebody small. That could be from somebody local. Right. And then they can't pay something and then they can't pay something and then they can't pay something. It's a money multiplier, if you will. Right. So the market is all tipsy-turvy. Yep. What direction is it going to go? Right. We don't know. I mean, life at this point is all tipsy-turvy. I wake up in the morning and go, what day is it and what are we doing with the kids today? Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should probably start getting up before noon. Um, I was... <laughs> <laughs> we were out on our walk before noon today. Thank you. I love the fact that you just said that like that was an accomplishment. Well, it is because <laughs> the kids usually are fighting like cats and dogs and all right. All whatever. right. Walk me through the stimulus checks. So basically if and I can't remember what the cap of the income is. 99,000 and it's adjusted gross income for an individual 198 for a family. Correct. So you get 1200 per adult and 500 per child. Is that capped though? Because I know they went back and forth on that and I don't remember. Is it capped at like X amount per household? I don't think it is. Okay. So let's say that you're a family of four. That's the example I keep seeing. You're going to get 2400 for the adults, another thousand for the kids. You're at 3400. Let's say that you got three kids. We're at 3900. Right. So... There, again, it's there because um, some of you will need that just to pay your bills. Right. And I, because and I some that. of you just you just aren't getting what you need right now. Right. And, and that's probably going to be quite a few people listening. But I also know that a lot of people listening, that it's going to be nice. It's going to be, it's going to help offset some lost income. But you had an emergency fund. You had some things you could use. Right. It's above and beyond what you need to survive. But it is nice. And so you and I were talking about it, and specifically for ourselves. Yeah. And the first thought was, save. That was your thought. Yeah. Throw it in the savings account. My thought was invest. Yes. Because things are cheap. have <laughs> been doing a lot of that lately. <laughs> Do you mind if I spend $10 here? Sure. <laughs> I don't think we're going to get to that on this show, but there is a lot more to that story. Right. Something we've been doing with the kids. So right. we'll get to that a little bit. But my question to you was, for those who can save it, even if you say, or invest it, even if you, I mean, if I, if somebody said, Mike, I don't, I don't need all of it. Right. 2,400 would get us through it because of unemployment and everything else. So I got an extra thousand. What do I do with that extra thousand? I would have said invest. Yes. With the way the market is right now, you would have. But how many people actually trust the market? Enough? Zero right now. Very few. You said save it. I did say so. But then I asked you, because you asked me how many people trust the market. I'm like, all right, fair. And then you said, well, I think they should save it. I said, how many people, even if they have that intent, in six months will have actually saved it? True. And then you said, well, fine, pay down your credit card, because the credit card 
the interest rate and the credit card is higher. And then you said mortgage. And I said, well, again, the credit card interest rate is higher. But what's the problem with the credit card? Most people, if they take that chunk out of their credit card, then when they go to go buy something and they don't have it in their bank account, they go, oh, well, I paid the credit card bill down. So I've got space on that now. Yeah, because let's say that you're, you're, you've are you got a $10,000 credit card, you've had a $5,000 balance, and, and you've been chunking away at it. Yeah, you've been working at it, it used but then to be, you, boom, a thousand dollars. Yeah, let's say it used to be seven grand, and boom, you, over time it's been you know six, then five. Let's say it's at five right now, and you put a thousand on it, it's at four, and you work it down a little bit. But you, the problem with credit card from that standpoint, from a behavioral finance aspect, and that's one of the things I find fascinating, is that if you had a seven thousand dollar balance and you get it down to four or five or four. You suddenly feel like that was a victory. Right. And you have wiggle room. Exactly. And putting $100 here, $100 there on it now after you've paid it off so substantially isn't a big deal. So I think if while mathematically speaking, putting it on the credit card, if you have the balance on that is a good idea. Behaviorally wise, I don't think it it puts you any further ahead. Right. Saving mathematically a good idea. Behaviorally wise, I don't think you'll actually do it. Right. Investing a good idea. Mathematically, it's a great idea. Behaviorally wise, I don't think most of you will do it. Right. And that's not a slight. I shouldn't say most of you. Most of us, myself right. included. Won't do it because of the volatility in the market right now as it is. So what is a better place to put it then? Mortgage. We talked about a mortgage payment. Yeah. Get one payment ahead. Or maybe that money you could be two payments ahead. Right. If you get a 35, let me ask you a question right now. If we know you're going to pay your mortgage anyway, and your mortgage is, make it real simple, 1100 bucks, mm -hmm. and you know you got unemployment coming in, why not pay three months of the mortgage, what mortgage payments? What's the worst case that happens? You're ahead on it. You're ahead on it. I believe that the unemployment fund is actually going to keep sending you your check. Right. It's going to force you to just live on that money coming in. And then you figure out how to live on a tighter budget. Exactly. I think, uh, and a less stressful life though, if you did that too. Right. So if, if you, and that's if you had like the $3,500 check, but that would be what I would tell everybody. Pay something you're already going to pay anyway, and then try to keep ahead on it. Right. And knowing that if things get worse, you now have a whole month you don't have to pay. Right. That leads to a stronger financial position. Because it changes your behavior. Correct. You have learned to live, because everybody, I'm sorry, everybody can live on a tighter budget. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. People just don't want to. They're well, I, comfortable with what they have. And I think that's one thing happening now. I right. think you're going to end up living on a tighter budget because you're hopefully not going out as much right now. You shouldn't be. No. Home Depot <laughs> shouldn't be having the best first quarter second quarter right of ever yeah of its existence but i'll but tell you what you i drove, drive past yeah drove past that parking lot yesterday and i was like Ugh. you drove in to pick up the mail and home depot's packed yeah hmm. starbucks was closed so i couldn't get myself a coffee but home depot's packed <laughs> so we got one last minute here last thing we want to share with you is also right now is the opportunity to uh you know hunker down and what i mean by that Shut off the utilities. The weather's improving. Right. Our house, now we keep our We're, stuff We keep low. it cold. Yeah, we keep it cold in here. People complain. <laughs> but our house has warmed up in the middle of the day now. But the, the concept to this, though, the opportunity of it is, and the hard part, is you're going to be stuck at home. And you're going to use a word 
this word that I've seen a lot in financial planning, and it's, I deserve. If I'm going to be at home, I deserve to at least be comfortable. You know what? You're, you're right. You deserve a lot of things probably that you won't have or won't get. Right. And sometimes I've loved one of the things our pastor says. He says, stop asking for what you deserve because if you get what you deserve, you probably won't like it. Correct. <laughs> and that's all of us. None of us are perfect. You know, we're imperfect. We always will be. We're imperfect with money. You'll never be great with it. You can always be better. But the idea is, you know what? Fine. You deserve to be able to go out to eat. You deserve to have financial freedom. You, de- you know, you deserve to be comfortable in your home. But you deserve not to be worrying about money. Right. So hunker down. Reign in the expenses right now. Take this opportunity to learn something. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you can go without. Mm-hmm. Take that money. Your first thought is, I'm going to put it in checking. I encourage you, get ahead of some bills because you're going to pay them anyway. But that's all the time we have for today. Till next week, we are your hosts. This has been another episode of Fireproof Your Finances. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Finances with Michael and Vanessa Markey. Want to listen to past shows or get in touch with Michael or Vanessa? Head over to twitter.com slash fireproofshow or go to fireproofradio.net. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Everyone knows I like to focus on quality. And they know I try to rein you in and focus on cost. It's rare to find both top quality and low cost at the same time. Think again. GRMusicLessons.com has a plan for every budget. Owned and operated by Tom Buffum, a Christian music teacher who played for the Grand Rapids Symphony, the Jubal Brass Choir, and graduated from the University of Michigan. He's been giving lessons since before we were born. Go to GRMusicLessons.com. That's GRMusicLessons.com.